0: sound all right what's up everyone welcome back to watch with sound my name is josh landicho and with me is carmela ocampo and to continue on our scream franchise series we're on the third movie um of course it's directed by wes craven starring the scream 3 nev campbell Courtney cox and david arquette this is the third installment of the film, making this a threequel. Carmela, how did you feel about Scream 3? I really
1: liked it because it was hilarious. And I am—I know this is your least, is this your least favorite one? Yep. This is the bottom of your bottom. list. This is at the top of my list. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Um, but yeah, i I enjoyed this movie the first time I watched it. Um, because I thought it was just so funny. And there are a lot of parts of this movie that I don't like. And I know overall, it's a bad movie. But we'll get into that later. Um, What did you think of this movie?
0: I thought I thought and think right now, all in all, it's like a fine movie. Um, It does kind of derail the series a bit. Like I think like watching two to this one, like really like shakes it up. Like, it confuses me as regards to like the mood and somewhat of like what it's going with mm-hmm. but it, at the same time seeing one and two this kind of prepped me for three and um at the same time like three still is co- somewhat consistent with like how scream feels as a movie in a series like when i watch scream one two and three it still kind of makes sense even though number three is shaking it up a bit um and before watching this i of course like look at like ron tomato scores and stuff like that so like i kind of like braced myself for this one because i (laughs) kind of felt like it was going to be bad um from the ratings but like even watching it and even um saying what i said like it's still not even a bad movie it's still kind of decent in a way um it sort of like defines the era it's in and sort of feels like it was released in 2000s and that's Mm -hmm. something that i get behind with this movie. Like regardless of what you may think it still feels like the time of the era and it's still good like it's still fine in that in that sense um but yeah like it definitely is the black sheep and the worst of the films if you can say that and again we're gonna talk about that later but since this is a 3 cool, mm-hmm. uh, like what did you expect to happen in this movie and how did you feel you're gonna like what did you expect you're gonna feel when you watch this movie
1: so when I watched this movie I was like definitely riding off the high from the second movie um and I was expecting this movie to one up um the second one a lot and well wow. like I didn't I didn't look at any like ratings or anything so I had no mm-hmm. idea um that it was like the black sheep or anything before that um yeah I guess you could say I had like somewhat high expectations for this especially because it's the third one and It was like yeah my preconceived notions of like what third movies like function in a trilogy like they're supposed to be like kind of epic and like wrap up like the series right Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's not to say I, I like was disappointed but not enough for me to like totally hate the movie like I really liked it and I think like yeah it shook up the franchise a lot it a lot of things in this movie deviated from the norm of the first two movies and I think I watched this movie twice as you know um this morning um yeah I noticed like that I was definitely looking for more scares which this movie like did not offer at all there were like no notable really scary moments for me As opposed to like a lot of scary moments i could um definitely know in the first two and i think upon second viewing i was a little more disappointed in this movie than the first viewing (laughs) but it's okay i still love it
0: um when it comes to like trilogies and movies that have like three sequels what are your general impressions on like trilogies and stuff like that
1: i think it's really hard for trilogies like i guess I don't know if there is more weight on the sequel or the third movie, but I think if you're choosing to have a third movie in your like franchise or whatever, I think there will be like even more weight on it than the sequel would because yeah, it's like the wrap up it's like like the final like closing door, and you kind of expect the trajectory of the trilogy to kind of like one up each other, like how I did and yeah it's like it's supposed to wrap up like whatever was introduced in the first movie as like mentioned by randy later on in the movie mm-hmm. um i can only think of one trilogy franchise that i believe was like truly success successful which is the lord of the rings trilogy the <laughs> third movie was amazing and like it won like a freaking oscar it won like best picture i forgot what year but yeah it was like absolutely amazing and I think that is like what I expect from a third movie in a trilogy
0: that's interesting you said that because I whenever like trilogies come up in conversation at all I already like am kind of somewhat disappointed in whatever series it is because like at (laughs) that point you're kind of beating like a dead horse and Uh, sort of beating as much as you can out of a series like because like, what did the second movie not satisfy that you have to make a third movie? Kind of interesting. Okay. Um, and I feel like there is so much pressure with trilogies and this, the, the third movie especially. Because like, at this point, like you're on this, high, like you're on the high with the second one. Now you have to do something good with this third one, mm-hmm. and if you want to continue this series, it has to be at least decent <laughs> for people to be interested in the next one. Yeah. And even with that, like hearing like that there's a third movie in their franchise you're just kind of like what like what what could they possibly do different like what could be something that's like even better than the second one and like (laughs) history shows kind of like trilogies usually kind of fail like that third movie is always like that that one that kind of makes it downfall Mm -hmm. and then after if they are making more of the series the fourth one or whatever after that kind of like picks it back up Like, for instance, the third Alien, I heard was really bad. Uh. The third Terminator wasn't as good. Um, I think the only ones that I could think of was, like, Star Wars. That was really good. The Scary Movie franchise, the third one was really good. Um, Like, it's really hard to pinpoint sort of these trilogies and even to point out the good ones because there are so many bad ones. I feel like that precede itself. Yeah. And it's so hard to find trilogies that, one, are successful and, two, kind of – push the boundary further as regards to the series um speaking on that too like you have like back to the future 3 which isn't bad but it isn't the best one mm. um like i personally don't like the third one as much as the t- other two yeah um but then you have like other series that like kind of like the matrix and stuff like that and oh, it's so bad. the dark knight <laughs> and different movies that are either really good or really bad it's like very hard to pinpoint and like to even see if like th- there's even more success out of that series um like even with star wars like the the three different stories the third one is always either really good or really bad like the most recent one i personally thought was kind of bad and then like the one before that was good um episode three was probably the high point of like the first of those movies and then the original three the last one kind of tied it all together and even with the that that series, with the Luke Skywalker series, mm-hmm. um, those three movies were all kind of all-around good anyways. So, like, at the same time, you know this story's happening and they all kind of build each other and, like, create this really great story. Um, but, yeah, just to put it all in conclusion, t l b r trilogies usually go bad and it usually kind of shows the money-grabbing aspect of these movies. Um, so going off of that, um, this Scream franchise or the Scream movie Scream 3 has the approval rating of 39% <laughs> on Tomatoes opposed to Scream 1 with 79 and Scream 2 with 82 so obviously there's a huge drop off mm-hmm. there um, but as we go into the movie the opening scene shows Con Riri actually getting his fame and his fortune uh, with his new like little talk show host talk show host and like his little show 100% Cotton Um but, of course, with every screen film has to be an intro murder and this crazy, crazy, bloody killing of one or two people. Carmella, what do you think of this opening scene?
1: I... <laughs> it was okay to me. It was, like, still scary. I think the scariest point was when um was chasing Cotton Weary's girlfriend and not necessar- necessarily Cotton Weary. I, like don't know why I felt I think I felt more scared about um Ghostface chasing around and trying to kill the girlfriend because it reminded me of the first two movies where I didn't know like who she was or like she was kind of like just a random person like a random innocent person who was like gonna be killed and I guess with like Cotton Weary we already like kind of know he's sort of like sketchy I'm not I wasn't like even a huge fan of like his moral character. Mm-hmm. So, I wasn't like too afraid or too invested ironically in like him being killed if that makes sense. How did you feel about it?
0: Um, I thought it was very interesting opening with that. But at the same time it kind of made sense cuz like he kind of even putting him as a talk show host, you kind of have him not really integral to the to the movie or or the series in general like why is he even still alive at this point (laughs) um (laughs) but the whole scene was pretty interesting just to see how like cotton have to like drive through la and try to make it in time for to save his girlfriend and even the killer using the voice changer to like trick her and um one part that i really liked um on this scene was the part where like uh the killer is using cotton's voice to her and he's like come on like i'm just playing like i <laughs> yeah. just want to like see what your insides look like or something like that <laughs> yeah. so it's like some radical <laughs> statement which is always fun i love it when they do that um and also painting that irony of um cotton show playing in the background and talking about road rage connecting to the fact that like cotton is like going through los angeles and this like speedy and like dangerous um car like thing car chase i don't not car chase but like like time sensitive thing like he like goes yeah. to la like a madman as the the tv show is going on talking about road rage in los angeles so that, that was kind of funny um but for this to be the opening scene it did not it was like very very scream of it and i think it could be powerful more powerful and more gut-wrenching and hard-hitting but for this opening scene to be opening the third screen film it was very very smile um, it was mild but is very very scream of it to have this opening scene um uh, at the same time though since Con died do you think if he didn't die was there sort of like an actual role for him to play if he didn't die or like wh- where would you want to see his character go if he was still alive
1: I mean, I think if he didn't die, it would make sense to me if he was somehow involved in the movie that they were being made in Stab 3, so I could see, like, since he was, like, famous and everything, and since he was in the second movie, too, like, he could have played, been playing himself or something in the production of the movie, so that would have, that might have been interesting. He could have just been another, like, character you suspected would be Ghostface and, like, he could have had some sort of, like, pretty good motivation to, like, kill Sydney for some reason. Like, maybe he's not famous enough because everyone's still focused on Sydney or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like... I don't not like that they killed him off in the first place, yeah, if that true. makes sense. Yeah.
0: Um, I definitely think, like, the outcome of his character, though, him having, like, this TV show is, like, really, really perfect. Yeah. Because, number two, he's, like, striving for that attention and everything... Um, but i think if they even like let him live i feel like he would have to almost overtake corny cox's character because he's kind of on the same level of like mm, that's true detective journalism and sort of trying to find the truth and stuff like that yeah so i think like it was smart to kill him off because then if he was alive it'd be like having two Gale weathers or three <laughs> sorry especially <laughs> no, with like the impersonator so <laughs> it's been so weird <laughs> um but as a character like i wasn't married to him and i i do respect the decision to killing him off because i honestly don't know what he would have done <laughs> like what what else would he have like contributed to the film <laughs> um mm-hmm. but as the movie goes on like you kind of find out that like stab has been this like giant phenomenon in this world um like a movie in a movie essentially and um you find out they're on stab three which <laughs> is pretty much the events of scream two like it was kind of like this juggle this weird yeah. juggle um but they're sort of like Um, planning out a movie the killer is kind of like planning out movie within this movie so he was sort of like making a movie within the movie (laughs) within the movie because he was using this script for stab three to murder the people in the order of that script in stab three so it was kind of interesting to see like if he was going to kill the real life one real life actor or the real life person that was living throughout the movie
1: yeah i really like that and that's um part of the mystery that like kept me on my toes um and in this movie personally i didn't really enjoy the investigative journalistic part like where the westboro trio basically like played all played detective right Mm -hmm. um but i did like that aspect of it where it kept you guessing at like who was gonna die as opposed to keeping you keeping you primarily guessing who the killer is
0: yeah and like along with that you sort of see Sydney get haunted by her mother and sort of what she's been doing in her past and sort of recreating almost like a backstory for the dead mother and also to (laughs) like push Sydney to the edge and sort of have her haunt Sydney and scare Sydney and sort of try to push her out of her whatever zone she's in like kind of being isolated but is being pushed out into the public and try to uh deal with what her mother's done um and that was kind of interesting too because you have this scene of Sydney's mom coming back from the dead in this dream (laughs) sequence of Sid like with Sydney, and like even Wes Craven sort of talked about that and how like that scene was almost like a, a whole full circle with his movies like since Freddy is so based off being of being dreams and being made with thoughts, like it kind of like made a reconnection with his movies that Sydney's mom is like this sort of like ghost and haunting her in her dreams and haunting her in her thoughts and stuff like that. Um, How did you feel about that? How did you feel about Sydney's mom in this aspect of the movie and sort of how she played within the film?
1: I, I liked what he was trying to do like in terms of um Sydney being literally haunted by her past and I I kind of enjoyed like that more supernatural kind of feel towards like this movie um I think the execution wasn't like really there I thought it could have been I think it could have been a lot creepier and like maybe scarier and I think that was like a really big missed opportunity um on like the director's director's part um but yeah i see like like they basically had like the right
0: ingredient they just like didn't cook it well enough i guess um it's interesting that you said that because like yeah i just realized that that was like the first kind of supernatural aspect in the film when Mm -hmm. you kind of uh follow the film as just like direct and this is the first time it sort of brought like a spirit to it yeah um how did you feel about like her mother though being like this movie star and sort of building this past and sort of how it sort of created the killer? How did you feel about like this movie focusing more on Sydney's mom's past? Uh, I I liked that <laughs> I liked what they
1: were trying to do again. Like it could have been like really powerful and really like kind of like very deep and meaningful and like Truly, truly like traumatic. Um, and there's, I'll mention it later. There's like this one part in the end where I thought it was just like a throwaway like comment that should have been like way more impactful. Um, but yeah, her mom being like this past movie star, like I thought it was, it tied really well into like the setting of obviously of this movie. And like I thought it tied really well into who the killer was in the end. And like I, I just think they should have like i don't know it it is definitely a problem with the writing where it wasn't like fleshed out enough or it didn't really make you invest at like enough to like truly care about it i guess
0: yeah i feel like there was um there's lack of like a backup of the history of her mom because i feel like yeah it made a good scenario and it the one thing i really liked that came out of this is that they kind of somewhat exposed the film industry's Mm -hmm. like toxic part of it of them just sort of like getting these girls to sleep with them to be in their movies and that's kind of how they get girls and how they get like the way they want it to be and it it reveals it too in the in the movie as well at, at the end but i think um them just sort of like plugging that in was kind of random um and it didn't really invest me. Yeah, you're right. It didn't invest me either because I just kind of like, okay, <laughs> <You're> like <laughs> she's, <out>. n- she's <laughs> the past. That's cool. So with Sidney's mom's past, like it was it was kind of shooned in. And at the same time, though, it sort of played into the meta aspect of trilogies. And what Randy sort of mentions in his video that like what you know about the past is totally different. And what you know about previous events is totally different because tr- usually trilogies bring up some like random story and some random history and that sort of connected with the meta part of it which i kind of appreciated Mm -hmm. um but that fact was kind of like just weird the fact that she like was kind of a movie star and like no one knew about her it was like kind of random yeah um and speaking of like recreating history how did you feel that like um roman was sort of like taking credit for Stu and um billy's kill how did you feel about that
1: Okay, so we're talking about the big reveal, right? Yes.
0: So yeah. <laughs> okay. So the big reveal is that like Roman's the killer and we're gonna expand on that later, but how did you feel about like him taking credit for like creating that little duo to kill um Sid and the mom?
1: I think like again, like a lot of like, of what we talked about in a lot of this movie was like it looks It sounds like a really good idea on paper. And honestly, like, that moment could have been so mind-blowing, you know? You could have been like, oh, my God, he was behind the thing all along. That's crazy if it was set up properly, you know? Like, I think a reveal like that would only work if it was something you didn't know you knew the whole time, if that makes sense,
0: you know? Yeah. I don't know. I think i could have done without that like <laughs> um the fact that like he's taking credit for all this i think it's like sort of think it putting ruins dirt it? on the previous movies yeah and kind of ruins the whole reveal um and it never really like like those kind of reveals never really shock anyone it's never like oh my god he was actually part of it the whole time unless like it was actually set up that way Mm-hmm. But how Scream 3 was, it was sort of like, oh, yeah, by the way, like, I also did this. Yeah. Look at my resume of killing. Like, it was kind of random.
1: It was me. Look at this movie. <laughs> I filmed this. And then I showed this guy. And then he killed your mom.
0: Can you believe my skill and my smartness <laughs> that I did this? Um, but, yeah. So, we just talked about how Roman is the killer. Um, and he's also Sydney's stepbrother. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about Roman being, Roman being the killer and also Roman being... Sydney's stepbrother
1: this could have been a really cool like family affair type of drama thing which I love you know like I enjoy that kind of like drama and it like was not it it was not there it was like shoehorn like everything else about the reveal it was like by the way I'm your stepbrother oh and okay so when i watched it the second time i had realized that they literally have not met in the movie sydney and um roman they literally did not know about each other's like they had not seen each other face to face kind of thing so it wasn't even like oh they met and it was planted in the beginning kind of thing literally the reveal was the first time they had ever met and so i really? was like this is so dumb i was because like, he literally introduces himself he introduces himself he's like "She's like and she doesn't say anything he's like hi roman Bridgers, director <laughs> she's like i was like wait they literally didn't meet i didn't realize it isn't that hilarious I don't, reala- I don't realize
0: that either yeah
1: isn't that so dumb i was like That's crazy i was like no wonder this whole last third act was such a mess because it was like you were just as shocked and confused as sydney was you were like what who the fuck are you <laughs> like <laughs> oh by the way i'm your stepbrother oh i was also killed <laughs> i was also responsible for your mom getting killed and the first movie
0: <laughs> comparatively though we talked about how the second movie we kind of was a little put up put off with who the killer was how did you feel about this reveal compared to the second movie's reveal
1: i think the second movie felt more random than this one but i think it's because like they i don't know they didn't try they didn't like push what was their name it was (laughs) What was the boyfriend's name? Billy Loomis' mother. Billy Billy Loomis' mom. Yeah, they, like, didn't do enough to make her seem like a suspect, if that makes sense. I don't know. And then this one, it was kind of, like, process of elimination at that point of the movie. You're like, okay, everyone is dead. Like, who else could it be kind of thing? Because you really – you didn't suspect anyone from the original, like, trio. You didn't expect anyone – if anything, I – hoped it would be would have been the detective but that would have been super random too um but
0: i don't know i don't even know how to answer that (laughs) they're just both so random how do you feel i don't know i think um roman's reveal is actually i think a lot better than the second movie because i feel like the second movie you had no context no evidence nothing that would provide you to believe that it's billy loomis's mother mm-hmm. and with this one though like actually it actually builds it up to the end that like this was a possibility and this could be happening and this is something you could suspect as well because like you you know that like um roman was like trying to build this aspect of like sydney's mom in the past and Sydney's mom being this movie star and, and showing these pictures on rv kill and Sort of building the past that no one knew about, and then you sort of realize that like Sydney's mom gets around, um, and that's even more clarified here with like how she was a movie star back then, and also having an affairs here and there, even with Sydney's dad and um, Billy Loomis's dad. Like you sort of have an idea of how his mom, her mom, kind of operates, and like the fact that like it's it ends up being Roman who is also her stepbrother out of nowhere it's also not out of nowhere because you kind of realize that like these movie directors use these women for sex and don't reap the like consequences of what happens afterwards and what happens afterwards is that there's a baby and it becomes roman and sort of um <laughs> he becomes crazy and is very very sad about like the fact that he has no mother and and the mother even like denies him and and stuff like that. But at the same time, like thinking about Roman as a character, he's like this rich director that has like a lot of things in his lap. Like you don't have to hold this grudge for so long. Yeah. It didn't really make sense to me at that point. But um, that's just like very very nitpicky as regards to detail. But um, as regards of the movie, I did like this reveal a lot better than the second one because it made more sense mm-hmm. and it gave us more probability, more evidence, and more you know sort of like uh, a suspicion at least that it would have been someone from sydney's past not not so much roman like the fact that it's roman is kind of random that he's the director and he's in the movie for like five seconds that part (laughs) was random but the backstory behind roman makes sense yeah everything but like it being roman makes Makes sense sense. yeah Um, um
1: speaking on the reveal how did you feel about roman's like motivations for doing everything that he did
0: was it just like he's sort of shunned off by his mother is that kind of like and being revenge like vengeful against sydney and sydney being the daughter i guess she chose to raise
1: yeah it was like um it was he didn't have a mom sydney stole the life that he should have had and he was jealous of her stardom he like yeah it was like he literally literally listed it out in those in that order during like his big like villain speech in the end um yeah what did you what do you think of those motivations
0: (laughs) um i don't know well before i say anything i really like the part where he does list it off Mm -hmm. and then city's like shut the fuck up like just take responsibility for yourself i I heard this all before i love that part because it's like because when she says i heard this all before it's like she's been through this like <laughs> this is the third time <laughs> so it's just funny hearing you like oh like being so over it like shut, like shut up like you just like Take responsibility. dumb kid, like everyone else <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly um again with his motivations it would have made sense if he wasn't like this rich director person <laughs> if he wasn't so famous already it would have made more sense like maybe like i don't know he like just got recently released from like a psychiatric hospital or something that like digs in more to the character of being a serial killer other than being a rich director that just decided to have some revenge Mm -hmm. um and also you could play in the the filmmaker fact too like maybe he does get released from the psychiatric facility but also is obsessed with movies and horror movies almost like randy to an extent Mm -hmm. but like the polar opposite of being this anti-randy that kills people apart from him being like a successful director (laughs) like it doesn't make sense as to why You would hold this grudge when you were like fine without the mother (laughs) and you're fine with like knowing Sydney had the stardom or whatever like it was just so weird that the fact that like he was so set upon like getting his revenge
1: yeah they I I definitely feel the same way the motivations were not like enough for me to be like on board like you know as a villain like you have to paint them in like a sort of sympathetic light so that it makes sense why they're doing what they're doing and like even though in the first one Billy Loomis like or Stu he was just like crazy and he did whatever like that still makes sense to me because there are people who just killed yeah, for exactly. to kill right and yeah. yeah if Roman was gonna list these things off at least make it believable like it didn't show in any shape or form that he like was suffering because he didn't have a mom or like he wasn't famous like or he what was the third reason <laughs> like <laughs> or yeah whatever but yeah it was just it was not enough it he just sounded like a very entitled
0: like crazy person who thought mm-hmm. he deserved more than he did yeah there's no sympathy at all that's right I, that's a good point um like even looking back at like billy loomis's mom even though it was a random killer, yes. We did have somewhat a s like not sympathetic but an understanding eye as regards to like why she'd go on this rampage is cause she wants to avenge her her, son. her son's death yeah. and um <laughs> sort of her accomplice just wants to, the attention and sort of become this crazy known killer, whatever. Um but it, it like you had somewhat of understanding with Billy Loomis's mother, apart from like Roman's standpoint. Mm-hmm like yeah that thing those things do suck but like at the same time you didn't have to hold this grudge (laughs) like you didn't have to like you're a fine person without anything like without this murder like you're doing fine like i don't get why you decided to do that um (laughs) but yeah like the sympathy was gone for me like i didn't understand why he did that um but going off that how did you feel about the Woodsboro trio their characters and how they became in this third film
1: I like that they continued the, like, you know, drama romance between Du and Gail, especially when, um, you threw in Parker Posey, who played Gail Weathers' movie, um, movie version, like, when you threw her in there, and, like, there was sort of, like, this, like, jealousy, like, tension, and they're all, like, mocking each other, and I think it, like, their dynamic served as, like, a very, like, funny, um, mm. like, element in the movie, yeah. um, and Sydney um, Prescott, who is played by Nev Campbell, was actually in this film significantly less than the previous two because she was only contracted to be on set for a very limited time, which I didn't notice the first time I watched it. Um, but now, like, yeah, the, upon second viewing, it, like, obviously made sense. And I I feel like I don't know if the movie kind of suffered with her presence like lacking more um because just because i enjoyed the presence of the supporting characters too but what do you think do you think the
0: movie like kind of suffered with her lack of presence i'm not sure cuz i mean it all depends on the story of course as regards to like what happens with her and what happened with her was actually it was kind of interesting the fact that like she decided to isolate herself almost like um the halloween the new halloween movie um how jamie lee curtis kind of isolated herself and sort of became this oh sorry spoilers oh, it's okay. it's <laughs> um, okay. and how she became like this like training in like motion person but with sydney being isolating herself, i think this made sense as regards to like a real life scenario like if i was almost killed twice the the, the thing i would do is isolate myself make sure no one sees me so I don't get tracked by the killer um I think her character doing this did make sense um I'm not sure what other story would have been if she did have more screen time um but yeah I didn't notice this either my first time around but Mm -hmm. the second time like I kind of noticed that like she was in the beginning a little bit and at the end she was like that's where the chunk of her filming was Mm -hmm. um but I did kind of like that aspect and how Sydney also had to like reinvent or Revisit her past with like the set, and sort of her going through stab three set, just being her like bedroom and stuff like that. Yeah. And sort of how the haunt still haunts her, or the past still haunts her, even after all these years. It was really interesting to see. um Dewey Riley and Gail Weathers, of course, was was mainly there for comedic relief and like yeah. the fact that like they had this like banter going back and forth and almost like falling back in love. Like it was very interesting to see how. those characters became to be and how they became in this movie um and we even got a little surprise appearance from scream 2 favorite randy randy who sort of set the rules and sort of like comp like built the commentary of the meta aspect of this movie and the satire part of this movie and sort of built the foundation of what these you know what this movie is going to entail and what the third movie is going to um sort of what truly is sort of like say in this third movie and mm-hmm. sort of how they built on that which is really fun to see um and like the stat 3 movie cast is really fun um <laughs> even though like a lot of them weren't part of the movie that much you had parker who is like arguably our favorite character because yep. he's just so funny, <laughs> so funny so sporadic and like um just like a really fun part of the movie um i wanted i wanted one of the um movie cast to be more present in the movie oh, um but we'll talk about that later it Uh, was the girl that was playing sydney and i'll talk about my reasoning for that interesting um but yeah i'm actually pretty happy with like the characters how they kind of like still were the characters they were in the past Mm -hmm. now and they sort of built off like the history of that as well Mm -hmm. um and then the movie ending with gail and dewey getting married like in real life courtney cox and david arquette that was a really nice scene a really nice um tie in for their like little little couple feud kind of their tension that they have yeah um now from oh sorry go on oh it's okay
1: um actually i do want to mention one character that i was like i wish had more presence and was like more important in the movie that was like definitely felt more throwaway and was just kind of there um and that was detective the detective played by oh my god he's dr mcdreamy (laughs) what patrick dempsey yes patrick dempsey
0: dr mcdreamy he's
1: dr (laughs) mcdreamy in Grey's anatomy um yeah he upon like second viewing the movie i like realized how unimportant his like role was in the movie he like literally didn't do anything other than be there at the end to get like hit and stabbed (laughs) And, and then be there at the very end in their in what's it called nev campbell's private cabin be like hey want to watch a movie (laughs) like never again like see never again it was really Uh, random
0: i I don't know i kind of liked his character because he sort of played like almost a suspect to me because just the way he's so intense and like the (laughs) fact that like most of Sidney prescott's files was in his office and sort of how he's so like ready to have Sidney campbell like back in town he's like (laughs) <laughs> we gotta protect her like his intenseness like really painted him as this creepy suspect <laughs> and that part was like what i liked the most because i thought he was a killer for sure like this could have been a possibility okay that he sort of created <laughs> this obsession with her and like uh, the fact he was this, like detective just on her and like the fact that he didn't know where he was where she was either like it sort of created this like other suspect which i liked a lot um but i did like the fact that he was like sort of creepy and became like this this interesting suspect um but at the same time though I kind of get the fact that like after all that he just kind of became this guy that got beaten around at the end. <laughs> yeah. uh, and just sort of like was this like dumb officer that couldn't like really kill the killer for some reason um yeah I kind of get where you go going with <laughs> Patrick Dempsey um, I um I
1: just have to ask you one thing Josh
0: what what's your favorite scary movie <laughs> my life <laughs> <laughs> it's also funny seeing like your reactions and Sophia's reactions because he's from like um gray's anatomy and like he's known from that now <laughs> yeah so many people's like oh my god gray's um, he's very dreamy off, <laughs> I, I, apparently yeah he's a pretty good looking dude <laughs> but going off that and going off um sort of randy's role in this film was sort of to lay down the rules and sort of play into that meta aspect of the movie um first things before we first things first before we go into like the details of it do you think the meta commentary and sort of the 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 satire on trilogies do you think that was a strong aspect in this movie and sort of how scream does this meta commentary on these movies do you think scream 3 made a good point of making meta and sort of the commentary against scary movies like this do you think it made a good um the good, good way of putting it, like do you think it, do you think it was a good commentary on, on trilogies?
1: Um in my opinion, it was not a good commentary on trilogies. I think it actually kind of just satisfied the things that they were listing off what trilogies contained. They didn't really do anything like compelling with those rules per se, not like how the previous two movies did um i mean the previous two movies like also yeah they they made it more interesting in my opinion and i upon the second viewing yeah i realized there wasn't much meta going on in this movie as like the previous two movies and i think that's why um that might be in part why people like don't really like this movie as much because it kind of played out very much like a predictable like drama almost um, and it lacked that sort of, like I guess, um, I don't know. It lacked, yeah, that the meta meat of it. I guess that you're you were looking for from the first two. Did you feel that yeah. way?
0: Yeah, I agree. Cause I feel like even putting those rules of whatever Randy said, I feel like that was just to be like checking off that meta checklist like yeah. yep we mentioned all the rules and then we break <laughs> them afterwards yeah um but like for the most part like just say that we you don't have that scene just to sort of please the fans and sort of please the meta aspect of it, it the meta-ness of this movie isn't there at all Mm-mm. i think the only meta part <laughs> is that like you're in a movie within a movie but that doesn't commentate on scary movies like and as a trilogy movies yeah. yeah as a whole it just sort of like it was like something that he wanted to check off yeah and i totally agree with you of it being like a typical drama movie if you take out randy's scene because like there's no meta aspect or rules that they're really breaking They're more or less playing into the rules and sort of formulating this uh not I, I, generic movie. like this is generic scary movie is sort of like played within this film yeah um but I- how did you feel about it sort of misdirecting the audience and sort of how like Wes Craven had to write three endings and sort of have to like like dodge these leakers of scripts. I feel like
1: that was that piece of information is more interesting if you actually know that Wes Craven had yeah. three different endings because yeah I, I didn't know that like upon first viewing it's more of like a good little nugget you find out like if you watch it again and again but yeah it that piece of information doesn't like serve anything to the actual story um other than like keeping you like guessing at who's going to be killed next but in terms of like a meta like device it didn't like do it
0: yeah i think it was funny like just hearing in like finding this out and then watching the movie and then seeing the fact that like even in the movie there's like rewrites and then there's scenes that like they read the script aloud to see who the killer is or see who's dead it was really funny to see that and sort of know that as a like a fan of the movie and being like a nerd of information for the movie Mm -hmm. um but like for the most part that meta part is only if you know it um so with that what did you think The film was trying to say kind of like one and two sort of commenting on you know how scary movies motivators have and the revengefulness of the second one and sort of how the sequels play into the past and how that creates the, the murder and stuff like that um what do you think scream 3 was trying to say as a whole as regards to our society as regards to scary movies as regards to movies in general what do you think scream 3 was trying to say
1: i think the most like powerful commentary um this movie was trying to make was um showing the dark side of hollywood and what it means to like be a woman trying to like make it in the movie industry and the things that you have to go through and like have to do to like become famous and i really wish it was more powerful and more impactful and like i don't know if that would have been too serious for the movie like franchise i don't know um but yeah i i i, I really like that they were kind of trying to go in that direction and it was like sort of sprinkled throughout the movie where they mentioned like two of the actresses slept with like roman the director which is yeah. like yeah and then the other actress uh the one that played sydney i think it alluded to her sleeping with like the producer that old dude or something like that
0: yeah it's um, uh, yeah. alluded to her sleeping with roman i, I don't know who she slept with <laughs> i think she slept with the the main head like the older guy yeah, that made yeah. all those iconic scary movies i think she's the one that slept with him or something like that
1: yeah and i know that yeah the other the blonde one candy and um parker posey w- slept with roman they like mentioned it like Parker Posey mentions it like twice and Candy like dies right away but she mentions it once
0: good <laughs> summary of what they're tr- the movie's trying to say I kind of agree with you with that they kind of like sprinkled it here and there at the same time though it almost came off like a comedic aspect of it yeah. the fact that like people were sleeping around to get their parts which is kind of bad it yeah. kind of like defeats the purpose of what you're trying to say yeah <laughs> um but yeah I kind of liked I kind of liked that it, it was a commentary was but like also that. at the same time kind of made fun of it another part that sort of like drives that home is um carrie fisher's cameo in the movie of her yeah. being looking like princess leia yeah. but the person that got the role was the person that slapped george lucas and like sort of made fun of that which is kind of funny to me. And sort of funny to see her in this movie which is so random like yeah, i didn't even, like, like i would have never expected big. it yeah, yeah it was like so random um so apart from that how did you feel about um this third movie and if say if there wasn't a scream 4 would you have been satisfied with this conclusion and sort of concluding this uh series
1: i honestly would have been um like especially because of the the very last scene where like the door opens like all of a sudden, Sydney's cabin, and it's, like, supposedly probably, like, the spirit of her mom without actually showing it. But she kind of, like, looks at it, like, very, like, peacefully and, like, kind of just, like, accepts, like... It kind of looks like, yeah, she's moved on, she's at peace, and then she, like, goes and watches, like, the movie or whatever with her friends, and then it ends. And it's, like, a very nice, peaceful ending. Um, The movie, as, like, a whole, like, as a concluding trilogy to this franchise, it was, like not great but i don't think i would have like wanted a fourth one honestly
0: wow yeah i think if this was the concluding to this series it would have like definitely sucked for me (laughs) i think i would want i would want something else to sort of like fortify and make this better because if like if this is the last movie (laughs) this would this would taint the franchise i feel like i think if there wasn't a fourth one like scream would not be as popular as it would be now i think it would sort of just like be another series of movies that kind of didn't make it as good like it was just sort of like this weird third movie that was so off base i think like in a sense the series would have this sort of like that's why they stopped moment, like watching Scream Three and not having a fourth movie, it'd be like, Oh, so that's why they didn't make a fourth <laughs> movie, because this one kinda sucked. Um But I, like you said about how like she kinda had the door open was was a good ending to the movie. But <laughs> yeah. this movie as an ending to the trilogy was uh sort of rocky and I don't know if I would have liked that and the fourth one was so good that like i (laughs) (laughs) like i'm I'm so glad the fourth one was made i love that one so (laughs) much um so uh we were talking about we've been talking about this movie for a minute and we sort of know that this was like the bad bad of like a series and sort of the black sheep of the screen franchise um why do you think this one is the one that like people don't like
1: Um, to summarize it, I think it's because it wasn't as scary. It was very, like, exposition-heavy. Setups were not, like, good enough for the payoff to be satisfying. The last third act was just kind of a disaster. The villain was, like, not some... Like, the big reveal is usually, like, a really big moment in these movies. And it was a moment in this movie, but it was kind of, it was very rocky. And it, uh, it required a lot of like, like reasoning, you know, to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, of course, like, of course it's that guy, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I never knew or something like that. Um, and I think it's also because it just, yeah, I'm sure it's, like, obviously, like, production-wise, it suffered, like, a bunch of rewrites and all this stuff, and I don't know if I would say it was doomed from the start, but it feels like it, and, oh, also, I think it's because they had a different writer.
0: Yeah. True. Yeah. Kevin Williamson was not present on this film, but he was present for 1, 2, and 4, um, but since you, Carmilla, <laughs> this is in your top. Yes. And you think it's the funniest. Yes what could be done for it to be more scary and better even with the funny aspects of the movie do you think they should sacrifice the comedy for the scariness if they had to choose one to make no! it better? <laughs>
1: um i think this movie could have been like really funny and really scary i i upon second viewing i was like yeah trying to figure out how they could have made the almost scary moments scarier and i think they just didn't spend a lot of time like even setting up like you know the tension and the fear that you're supposed to like you know that's like a big part of horror you know you kind of like tease you tease into like the scare and then yeah the payoff is like so worth it the scare is like so much worth it and every almost every scare in this movie happens so fast it's just like bam 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 and like you're not even like gearing up for like any sort of tension and like that's why i like the comedic moments so much better because like in horror like comedy is like also what's it called relies on a setup and a payoff and i feel like they did that so much better with the comedic timing than the horror timing in this movie um but i personally like this movie the best out of the series because i think it's the funniest and i think it's Kind of so bad, but I can still enjoy it if that makes sense and that 's not to say i don 't obviously enjoy the other movies, but the fact that i this movie was kind of bad, but I still enjoyed it like says a lot to me personally
0: that 's true. I like what you said about like sort of building the horror aspect and the tension of it because I feel like they did have the tension, but it wasn 't drowned out long enough, like they had the tension and yeah. they cut it so quick that yeah. it didn't it wasn 't effective at all like Mm-mm. Um, one scene with candy her being in like the costume room with all the other screams was really good but i feel like it the tension was cut so quick like we couldn't enjoy the moment as much like yeah. maybe like they sh- she like looks at all the, the costumes and tries to find who's the killer and yeah. then all of a sudden he pops out and that would have created more tension and yeah. even like a jump scare for it to be more scary um but yeah it did lack a lot of attention as regards to it being a scary movie um and a lot of the horror sequences i feel like were very very quick like you said i think it should have drowned it out more and sort of like i don't know put the pencil in our leg even longer for (laughs) us to like see what happens next i don't think like killing them so quickly was the solution like yeah you could make it more gorier but it wasn't like as suspenseful as horror movie should be it was more of like it done like she's dead yep that's it (laughs) next death like it was sort of quick and i feel like they built the tension more it would have um made more of a, a effective horror movie um as regards to the final in uh the final scene of introducing the killer what outcomes would you like to see apart from it being roman or or certain aspects of the movie that could have been different that you wanted to see out of this film
1: i wish roman's like character was more like was totally different like I wish he actually embodied the issues that he said that he was dealing with like I wish he was like creepy you know he was just like a normal dude and like you know killers are normal people sometimes too but you know this is a movie and like I just wish he actually it actually showed that he was like suffering as like a character and like yeah he could have been like this weird creepy director person so that it that moment where it was revealed i really felt like sydney's life was in danger like oh my god this creepy ass dude is gonna like kill her and he's related to her like what the fuck (laughs) like you know um and like i yeah there's just like so much depth in that reveal that was like missing and like we like already had like dug into before like the payoff was like not worth it like this it was all there like the setup was there like the breadcrumbs they couldn't make the bread good enough you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) do you do you would you like to see another killer it being not roman or roman and someone else or was roman the sort of killer you wanted it to be if that makes sense
1: yeah um i think with the yeah with the way the movie was like written like i like it i like that it was roman it like makes complete sense you know and If they went in, like, a different direction where, like, yeah, it was, like, the detective for some reason, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I wish they put, they, like, took his creepiness and put it on Roman, you know? Right,
0: that would have made sense.
1: Like, come on. Um, In the context of this movie, I like that it was Roman. I don't think I wished it was anyone else. Um, But another thing i didn't realize was that this is the first movie in the franchise where it only had one killer yeah so that as i opposed ask you that. two yeah
0: would you rather have two ki- killers or one killer if you had the choice
1: hmm i think it made sense that there was one killer here but maybe if it was like in the spirit of like the franchise it would have been nice to have two you know what i mean like for consistency's sake um but they would have had to like write in like some sort of reason kind of th- like that w- would have made sense and I think it was hard enough for them to tie in Roman that adding some other killer would have been like crazy complicated
0: um so with these movies I always like always think in depth as regards to, like who could be the like how it could have been a different killer, or like how could a different outcome be? Yeah, and like I just thought of like how if Roman was more creepier, it would have made more sense as regards to like him trying to find information on her, apart mm. from it being Patrick Dempsey. Mm-hmm. But like the different the different <laughs> outcomes, I would like to see. Of course, I always want to see it be one of the main three be a killer. Yeah, which would be really okay. cool. Yeah,
1: you
0: always want. That. <laughs> I always wanted that you to be the, the outcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have been fine with Patrick Dempsey being the killer as well because he's very creepy. He sort of created that sort of uh weird aspect of himself mm-hmm. um but one killer i really wanted to see whether it, it'd be by herself or uh with roman was the actress playing Sidney prescott in the movie mm. i think she would have di- like been a really good fleshed out character because like she
1: was creepy
0: yeah right <laughs> yeah like after the house explosion like she's like oh where are they where is she and she's like oh what happened? <laughs> oh my god. She was like, she's like very weird oh as regards to like, what's happening. Yeah. And like, even when she meets Sydney, it's even creepy because. That's true. She's okay. like, she was, like <laughs> oh one. my god, the actual Sydney Prescott, I wanted to make you so proud. And then she had the mask in her hand. Like, I think, like, they could have played that out so great. Like, okay, so I'm um, build a <laughs> oh, scenario for you, okay? okay? So it's at the end of the movie. Um,. It's weird how, like, the killer is at two places at one time. And then at the end of the movie, it's revealed that Sidney Prescott, the actress, and Roman are the killers. So, this is how it's going to go. So, like, oh this is how the Sydney Prescott actress is going to be part of the killing spree. So, it could sort of play out as, like, she's so obsessed with Sydney Prescott that, like, she wanted to make her so proud that she's the final girl in killing these people. And sort of, like, um, the fact that she was able to catch Sidney Prescott and if she does kill her, makes her even more of a better Sidney Prescott than actual Sidney Prescott because she was able to survive all those killings along with, like, orchestrating as well. And, like, it could have, like, hammered in more of, like, how much she was obsessed with this role and how much she sacrificed, especially with, like, sleeping with Roman. That could have connected to her being controlled by Roman and being controlled by Her success in the movie industry and Mm -hmm. being successful within roman's movies that she could have done anything and anything for roman and being the also the star of his film in scream 3 which creates more control over her and sort of makes her even more scary and creepier the fact that like she's controlled by roman and controlled by her obsession with Sidney prescott and (laughs) bam that would have been so good like the fact that she was like a part of it would have been so good and like so great I just feel like she was a really good character and like a really missed opportunity, I feel like. Like the fact that like she's the actress of Sydney Prescott, <laughs> but then she's also like the killer. Like that's the thing that like like I'm very upset about. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh I'm, like, I feel like that's a tell. very good outcome. Um
1: Yeah, like um yeah, that's actually really brilliant. <laughs> that's
0: like yeah, <laughs> I you. could totally Thank see you.
1: that. Thank Making <laughs> like more of a enjoyable, like scare and scarier, first of all, experience um for this movie yeah because the way she was portrayed it was like they kind of wanted you to suspect her but then they didn't really do anything about it kind of thing um they didn't like play it out enough for you to be like oh my god she could be the killer kind of thing but i like i definitely like that alternative you should uh you should uh, you should mail it in
0: to hollywood Um, So apart from those outcomes, I know there was um, sort of a script written by Kevin Williamson for this movie, and it sort of became his show that he later creates called The Following, and pretty much the outcome of this movie was that, like, um, the Ghostface killer is sort of like a cult, and... Each movie has been different cult members, and that's why she can't escape it because there's just giant- giant cult going after her <laughs> and sort of trying to kill her as like the little goal um How would you have felt about like that kind of outcome uh, it being like a cult and sort of like a never ending thing oh
1: my God, that would have been crazy <laughs> holy <shit>. um <laughs> that's crazy i I don't know. I mean it depends on if it was like executed pretty well. But I think I would have been like on board with it. Definitely would have blown my mind. I would have been like, Oh my god, that's why there's like they won't leave
0: her alone, dude. Like um, but also a brilliant thing to keep the franchise going. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Like imagine like this did happen and it's revealed that like all the killers have been part of this cult that like is obsessed with either Sydney Prescott or the series, like it creates Longevity for the series, and like, yeah. say like the next movie, like if there wasn't a four, the next movie is sort of like the end of the scream. It would have been sick to see like Sydney get into battle mode and sort of like yeah, you know like stock up supply and like get ready for this cult to attack her. Like that would be really cool to see, and a crazy outcome for like this movie. then <laughs> like a crazy like yeah, that twist, been... like for it to be like a cult thing. It's about a cult.
1: they're all killers everyone's a killer everyone's connected oh my god
0: that would have been super cool actually yeah and that creates more paranoia with sydney and with us like just going with the movie like (laughs) seeing like a like a pedestrian that could be a killer like looking like like (laughs) looking behind our own backs like being scared
1: what if one of the westboro trio is part of the
0: cult that's what i'm saying like what a, oh like, my god movies, that would have been crazy like, this whole one time of the movies reveals that um dewey is the cult leader oh and like he's god. been orchestrating everything that's dewey how he's could, always there Dewey could oh not
1: be a cult god. leader no <laughs> uh,
0: how do you know his i forgot he said his <laughs> What is what? his his blank mindedness is it just a tactic to <laughs> get people's guard down to be the real you know attacker his, you never know
1: his boyish charms there you go there you go <laughs> <laughs> his
0: boyish charms and dashly good looks is just a ploy to, to take down your defenses so i could manipulate you blah blah blah, blah. that would have
1: been that would be that so crazy so I actually dope i wish it was like that now i'm actually really sad it's not that <laughs> <laughs> i can see
0: you by your face you're like just wow man,
1: man. What it could like, have I, been.
0: <laughs> I, I wish, like, Kevin Williamson was, like, the writer for this one. Do you like, think
1: he really would have done that? I feel like Hollywood wouldn't plan. have
0: let him. You don't think so? <sighs> and that was the plan, though, for, like, what the movie going to go with. Like, that's why The Following is his movie and, like, or is his show and it is that plot. is like, these cult following... is cult following trying to kill somebody and, like, try to get revenge or whatever. And that was, like, sp- supposedly supposed to be the script for Scream 3.
1: Man... Do you know why he w- didn't write this movie? I didn't. I didn't like look into why he didn't.
0: I think he was busy with his own personal projects. I'm not sure uh, what it was, but okay. he was busy and they couldn't get him. Um, I think he proposed that cult script though, and that's why it, oh, it became okay. his own project. Like, Man, I it was read sort of like that. a proposal. Is yeah, it out there? I want to watch it too. <laughs> it's a show, so I kind of want to watch it. Uh,
1: yeah, I didn't know yeah. that's what the show was about. I've only heard of it. I didn't even oh, know really? it was written by him. Kind of. Um, yeah who who's in it sorry this is like solely off topic
0: <laughs> i really don't know i i'm clueless that's, okay, that's if, okay if we do find a way to watch it though i'm actually down to to, to talk about an it. episode Ooh. yeah and sort of connect it with scream that'd be cool okay yeah. um that'd yeah. be cool all right this has been our third episode of the scream franchise of the third scream scream 3 um works ex- I'm, ex- I'm personally i had to get into the next one scream 4 um, this actually, I think, is our longest episode for the Scream franchise. We had a lot to say, a lot to say, lot to dissect. But this series is really fun. I love the Scream series still. Um, thank you all for listening. My name is Josh Sandicho, and you can follow me on Instagram at the Space Wolf.
1: And I'm Carmella and you can follow me at O.
0: And you could follow Watch with Sound on Instagram at Watch with Sound, along with listening to Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple. Thank you all for listening hope to see you in the next scream episode and keep on watching if this killer does come back and he's for real there are a few things that you got to remember is this simply another sequel well if it is same rules apply but here's the critical thing if you find yourself dealing with an unexpected backstory and a preponderance of exposition then the sequel rules do not apply because you are not dealing with a sequel you are dealing with the concluding chapter of a trilogy. Trilogy. That's right. It's a rarity in the horror field, but it does exist. And it is a force to be reckoned with, because true trilogies are all about going back to the beginning and discovering something that wasn't true from the get-go. Godfather, Jedi, all revealed something that we thought was true that wasn't true. So if it is a trilogy you are dealing with, here are some super trilogy rules.